0: For a breastfeeding mom, looking for remedies for common
1: breastfeeding concerns, colds, and ailments can be a challenge. Many of the items found on the pharmacy shelves are filled with ingredients that a mom may not want to pass on to her breastfeeding baby. Essential oils can often remedy these ailments without the added food dye or toxins. Today I'm thrilled to welcome to the show Rachel Adams-Gonzalez. Rachel is a breastfeeding mom of two and a doTERRA product consultant. Today we are discussing essential oils for the breastfeeding mom. This is The Boob Group, episode 96. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly, online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Did you know that you can become involved in our episodes even if you can't make it into the studio? Post a question on our Facebook page and we will have one of our experts answer it on an upcoming episode or you can become involved in our recording days through our virtual panelist program, which our producer, MJ, will tell you all a little bit more about in just a few minutes. Today we are joined by three lovely panelists
2: in the studio. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? My name is Tiffany. I am 36, and I'm a stay-at-home mom to one little boy, Jackson, who is just about
3: 14 months old. Okay. My name is Sarah, and I'm 36 as well. Um, I do work full-time, and I have a little girl of five and a half months.
1: Awesome. And
4: MJ is going to be one of our panelists as well. Yes.
3: I'm MJ. I am
4: 37. And I'm a stay-at-home mom as well as my little side job here producing the show. Um, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old little boy named Jason. All right. Perfect. Yeah. And will you tell us a little bit about the virtual panelist program as well? I will because it's really just come become really amazing because our listeners are so helpful. Um It's kind of a sneak preview to our show before it releases, because just like our in-studio panelists, our virtual panelists are making time to be online, they're sharing experiences, um, they're actually like reading other people's comments and, and questions and engaging with them and, and giving them support and tips. And it's just uh, such an extension of our show um, and what we're here to do is um, support each other. So it's really nice to, um, to have that. And if you aren't local, and if you can't come in the studio, then you can still be a part of the show. You can give your opinion. Um, or you can just make it, a mama feel normal um, with, you know, her situation. And we may even read your comment while we record. <laughs> so cool. Um, and then we try and post info while we're learning all this info from our awesome experts. So check out the uh.com under Community tab for more info on the VP program and possible perks for participation.
0: All right. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks, MJ. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar.
5: Hey, Boot Group listeners, this is Amber McCann. I'm an international board-certified lactation consultant and the owner of Nourish Breastfeeding Support just outside of Washington, D.C. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions when it comes to finding quality breastfeeding resources online, such as, are there any laws to protect breastfeeding in my state? Several times a year, the mainstream media blows up with the story of a woman casually breastfeeding her child in public. Who is reprimanded by a business employee or a member of the public? As a strong believer that to see a cultural shift towards breastfeeding, we need to actually see breastfeeding, these stories always make me sad. Many women wonder about whether or not they are legally entitled to breastfeed while they're out and about. Enter breastfeedinglaw.com. This is a great resource for breastfeeding mothers and the general public both. You can look up the laws in your state so that you're informed and prepared. Know your rights in regards to breastfeeding in public, pumping while you're at work, breastfeeding while you're on jury duty, or any other number of provisions. Check out www.breastfeedinglaw.com. That's www.breastfeedinglaw.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Amber McCann, and I'd love for you to check out my website at www.nourishbreastfeeding.com for information on my business and a little bit more about where to find great online breastfeeding support. Or join me on my Facebook page at www.facebook.com backslash nourishbreastfeeding. And if you have an idea for a great online breastfeeding resource, I'd love to hear about it send me an email to amber at nourishbreastfeeding.com or leave a message on the Boob Group Facebook page. Be sure to listen to the Boob Group each week for more fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and how to find great breastfeeding support.
1: So today on the Boob Group, we're discussing essential oils for the breastfeeding mom. Our expert, Rachel Adams-Gonzalez, is a breastfeeding mom of two and a doTERRA product consultant. Thanks so much for joining us, Rachel, and welcome to the show.
7: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're
1: excited to have you. So Rachel, what are essential oils? Give us the lowdown.
7: So essential oils are aromatic compounds found in a plant. So it can be found in the seeds, the bark, stems, roots, flowers, um, any part of a plant, really. And it's the, what I consider the blood of a plant, where the medicinal properties are most heavily concentrated.
1: Okay, and how how are essential oils made that we use?
7: Well, um, there's a couple of different ways that they can be distilled, but primarily, um, they are steam distilled and very low temperatures. And it's a, a pretty, if it's done properly, it's a very scientific and artistic method, where you have to have just the right temperature where you don't lose the medicinal properties by overheating the oil and um, you don't want it to be too low of a temperature that you're not getting enough essential oil out where you could potentially be losing some of the best medicinal properties. And then the other way that it can be distilled is by cold press, like um, we're very familiar with olive oil It's cold press. So um, doTERRA cold presses their citrus oils, but the rest are primarily steam distilled.
1: Okay, and so do different companies make them in
7: different ways, and are they all the same quality? Well, the quality um, varies drastically, and there's no any kind of governmental regulation on labeling an essential oil. So, um, you know, like I said, steam steam distillation is a very scientific, and it requires a bit of art um, in distilling oils properly. And there's just... um, a wide variety because you don't. There's not the control necessarily on um, distilling oils. You'll still get an essential oil out of a plant if you distill it at a very high temperature. It just isn't going to be the same quality. And um, additionally, most essential oils on the market are synthetic. There's a huge market for essential oils, so you can. Um, claim that you're using 100% pure lavender oil, and that lavender oil could very likely be made in a lab, um, same for you know pretty much any essential oil. And so the vast majority of them are synthetic, and then if they're not synthetic, they're very likely contaminated, either diluted or have been distilled with um, you know, weeds, chemicals, pesticides, you name it. And doTERRA goes through very extensive lengths where there are very few companies that actually go to the length that doTERRA does, where not only do they monitor very closely the distillation process or how the oils are extracted by making sure with their growers that um, plants are harvested at the exact right point in uh, their growing process where the oils have the highest medicinal properties. But they're also tested in third-party labs. Every single batch of essential oils is tested and archived in case there is any kind of problem. They can go back to it and test the original batch um, to uh, make sure that there is absolutely nothing that could contaminate the oil, that what's labeled on the bottle is the only thing in it. They test both the... um, Let's see if I can say this right. I'm not a science person. The mass spectrometry and the gas chromatography My husband's a science one, so he always explains that part. Um, So there really is a huge range in quality of essential oils, and it is really important when you're purchasing an essential oil to get the best quality you can. And while you may be able to find an essential oil that's cheaper, it's really not likely that it's actually cheaper per drop because you have to use so much more of that oil, and it's likely very contaminated. So, um, yeah. Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Take home on that one is make sure you're researching where you're getting your essential oils yeah. from for sure. Um, so, Sa- so you had mentioned cost. So, Sandra had posted on our Facebook page this question: If I'm on a budget, what essential oils are the best ones to start with for my family?
7: Well, I think you could ask hundred people and get a hundred different answers. <laughs> um, it really depends on what you're looking for. But personally, I would say lavender is a really great. Great one to start with if you like lavender. Um, lemon is a great one, and I use a lot of eucalyptus in my house. I know we're going to talk more about peppermints and whether or not it's a, a good one to use during breastfeeding, but eucalyptus is a, a great one as well and um, can be used for the common cold and all different kinds of things. Lavender is so, so great not only for its um, relaxing properties, but um, using it for uh, anti bacterial anti-infectious antiviral properties as well and I love lavender because it's great on burns so um, especially moms that are sleep deprived in the kitchen like me (laughs) have a tendency to burn themselves or at least I do and uh, lavender will take a burn out instantly and then it's great for sunburn so especially in San Diego it's Mm -hmm. awesome to have on hand Um, and let me think what else those those three I think would be really great and they're really excellent
1: price point. Okay. So I'd love to open this up to our panelists now. So ladies in this in the studio, which essential oils did you start with your family and why did you choose to start using them? Tiffany.
2: Um, I think I started with uh, tea tree oil was probably one of my first and lavender actually. And I remember I specifically started Shortly after my son was born, he was exposed to some nasty yuckies and ended up getting sick. And we were both obviously very limited in, in what we could do, so I started diffusing some tea tree oil um, to see if that would help. And I think I just got lavender because it smelled good. I didn't even know what it would do at first, but that was pretty much good how comment. I started. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's where
3: I started. Okay. How about you, Sarah? We started about the same uh, lavender and then the Melaleuca, um in her um, wipes uh, water. That's what I started mm-hmm. with. And, you know, chamomile a little bit. Um, and I think Digest Zen. I think it was those four that we kind of used the most at the beginning. Okay. Kind of an introduction.
4: Yeah, absolutely. How about you, MJ? Um peppermint and lavender, eucalyptus, um and then I forgot that actually uh to make the cloth wipes I used a little tea tree um oil in them too. So those are pretty much the ones that we had on hand that were always out. Okay. Yeah. For us, I know we
1: we use <coughs> a lot of the blends and so the the, especially for um, for DoTerra, the the guard oh, we have that blowing in our house literally yes. throughout the entire flu season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as, and it's something that I was turned on to by my chiropractor, actually, as well as Rachel. Um, and then the Digest Zen for those like serious the, the amount of stomach bugs going around that I see on Facebook literally throw me into panic attacks. And so <laughs> the Digest Zen is is often used any any sense that I feel like my stomach's a little off. Um, and then I use the lavender for um, just soothing my kids as well as um, anytime we've traveled and they've gotten mosquito bites it tends to take the itch out of them which has been nice so they don't scratch their little bodies up Um, so Rachel uh, Julie had posted on Facebook how do you administer essential oils and is one way preferred over another
7: Um, well it really depends on what you are using the essential oils for so definitely when you're talking about children and infants um, I recommend diluting the oils Um, but there's definitely something to be said for proximity. So if you are trying to treat a headache, you know, back of the neck, the temples, there's a vein that runs right above your ear. That's great. Um, but if you're just talking about like general wanting to stay well, the bottom of the feet is great. You can put oils on the bottom of the feet and they will touch every cell in your body in 20 minutes. And um, that's really the best way for me to get oils on my kids because then I don't have to worry about, hands and the eyes and the mouth and um, getting oils anywhere that they shouldn't. Um, I don't dilute oils on myself very often unless I want them to go a lot farther. If I'm using oils because everybody's sick, then I will definitely dilute them, mix them in a bottle because I'm using them you know, every 30 minutes. And that's something I should mention that's really important when using essential oils is you should use them uh, very sparingly but very often. So you will get the best results if you use a very small, you know, a drop or less um, every 30 minutes to an hour. If you're definitely, if you're combating something that you are concerned about, my daughter recently had RSV and um, I got rid of it in five days, but I didn't sleep for a week because I was putting oils on her um, every 30 minutes and, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. It kind of depends on what exactly you're trying to treat, but you can obviously use them topically you can diffuse them. Uh, somebody just mentioned the diffuser and we keep diffusers running in our house and I'm really excited. We have diffusers in all the classrooms in David's school now and um, so I'm hoping that keeps all of this nastiness going around to a minimum. And then doTERRA actually recommends internal consumption of many of their oils because they are so pure. I don't recommend giving them to you know babies or children internally but they can be taken internally, and uh, I personally take them internally, semi-regularly.
1: Okay. And Melissa had posted on our Facebook page, are there particular essential oils that are not recommended for lactating moms, such as peppermint? And does it matter if these particular oils are used topically, internally, or just diffused in the air?
7: Um, that's a really good question. Um, peppermint is a cold oil. It will drop a fever very quickly. and when you're talking about, I mean, this is getting into a whole different different, deeper conversation, but, uh, you know, Chinese medicine, when you look at all these different things and you're a lactating mother, you have this heat in your body that um, needs to keep from being disrupted in order to produce milk, and peppermint can disrupt that production. So it doesn't have that effect on everybody. In fact, it's a pretty small percentage of women that it does have that effect on, but it affects me that way, so I know that peppermint does deplete milk supply for some women, and I have two other moms that I know of that I work with that have had the same reaction. There are lots of moms that don't have that reaction, but I definitely recommend trying it out in a very small amount, especially if you're concerned about your supply. I would probably just avoid it. Um, And Honestly, I don't know about diffusing it. My initial reaction would be that you should not diffuse it either, simply because The quickest way to get an essential oil into your body is, or anything is into your bloodstream, is by inhaling it. So, um, I have been searching since I saw that question to try to find uh, a good answer, and I don't have a really solid answer. But um, if you are concerned about your supply, I would just avoid peppermint altogether. And uh, I don't, I have not had any issues with any other essential oils and breastfeeding, but I always recommend. Testing an essential oil before you lather your whole body in it. <laughs> um, just patch test it. You know, it's a uh, this isn't an exact science, and uh, everybody reacts differently. You're not. It's very unlikely that you would have you know some crazy allergic reaction, but you might not like the way an oil feels on you. You might not um, like the way an oil smells. So um, just test it before you do too much with it. Um, But it shouldn't affect your supply. And I've read a few articles saying that oils like oregano or very, very strong oils can affect the taste of your milk. But um, I have not heard from any moms that I've personally worked with that they've had any issue with that. Okay.
1: So essentially, essential oils are safe for both the lactating mom and her infant and child. Correct. Okay, cool. All right, well, when we come back, Rachel will discuss some essential oil remedies for some common breastfeeding concerns and ailments. We'll be right back.
6: Look, Bumble
1: knows you're exhausted by dating.
6: All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: Well, welcome back to the show. We are here with Rachel Adams Gonzalez, and we are talking about essential oils for the breastfeeding mom. Um, so, I'd like to have a question for our panelists before we get back into actually the interview with Rachel. Um, so, ladies, have you used essential oils to treat ailments while you are
2: breastfeeding? Tiffany, how about you? Absolutely. Um, Probably the one that I've used the most frequently is On Guard. Once I kind of started delving into the world of essential oils a little bit more, that became my go-to. And as we know, everybody's been struggling through this cold season and everybody's been getting sick. And knock on wood, we've managed to not every time we've been exposed to anything or um, started feeling the slightest bit ooky. Um, I've done... Um, on guard both internally and diffused it and then I've also used uh, the breathe ease formula if we've got any chest yuckiness going on and we've managed to stay healthy through this cold season so
1: cool and so you use it both on yourself and your child
2: um I haven't used anything directly on Jackson um it, it makes me a little bit nervous so we've decided to just stick with diffusing for him Um, at this point it just he's just a little young still and it just makes me nervous so I'd rather use it on myself and then diffuse it in the air and so far it's been working for us so
3: cool how about you Sarah Um, a little bit of the same I mean uh, we use like the flu bomb um, around our house a lot which has the on guard in it Um, we use that a lot this past weekend (laughs) and um, I do actually use it on my baby um, but I dilute it way down and I put kind of like an immunity thing on her as well um, because she's not vaccinated at this point. Um, So it has On Guard. It has a few other ones. Um, Not oregano. I know that because I don't believe you're supposed to use that for more than 10 days in a row. Um, But there's a few other things that we use on her on a regular basis, um, but way diluted. Um, But a lot of On Guard, Breathe, we love. Yeah, I think those are mainly, especially right now through the season. Yeah.
4: Yes, definitely. How about you, MJ? Um, for myself, um, we use peppermint a lot. Like if our tummies are upset at all, we'll just throw a few drops in our hand and throw it on our on our tummy. Um, I actually just used it on Jason the other day, so two and a half. Um, but uh, I will have a little coconut oil and then throw some eucalyptus oil or peppermint um, or not peppermint, but just eucalyptus oil in there like when we get sick and that'll um, I'll put it on his feet and I'll um, put it under our noses, on our chest. So definitely I mean it's it's um like a lifesaver sometimes. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> changes so much so quickly.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, so Rachel let's ta- let's talk about a few specific things for the breastfeeding mom. So which essential oils do you recommend to help recover from mastitis and why these particular ones?
7: Well, um, I personally have used uh, oregano and melaleuca heavily diluted, Um, especially oregano is a very hot oil, and it's not something that you want to put near your nipple where your child could potentially get it in his or her mouth um, without heavily diluting it, and I would still recommend wiping it off. Um, If you're putting it on your nipple, definitely wipe it off before you breastfeed. But um, I also really recommend using oils uh, for increasing milk supply. If you do have mastitis, at least I know I struggled with my supply, especially um, when I was fighting mastitis. And uh, some, some oils that can be used are clary sage, geranium, fennel. They're really great for in- increasing your milk supply. And they're all, all essential oils are antibacterial, anti-infectious, and antiviral. So, um, we actually sell a blend called Clary Calm and it has all of those oils in it and a few more that's, it's marketed as a hormone balancing blend, but it has all these great oils in it for increasing your milk supply. So, um, when Cecilia was born, I just put it on all over my boobs, really. Um, Pretty much every time I nursed, just because I was fighting clogged ducts with all the pumping I was doing. We had a number of issues, and um, fortunately, I never got mastitis with her because I was always using oils, Um, but I definitely was dealing with some clogged ducts, and um, it brought my milk in very, very quickly, especially because I was dealing with a lot of health problems. I didn't expect to get my milk in in less than 24 hours, and um, so, you know, it's, it's another... Thing that you want to play play around with with your body a little bit and see how you react to the different oils, but um, you can also take oregano internally. And uh, I don't know if it was Sarah that mentioned that um, you don't want to take oregano for an extended period of time because it is a pretty intense oil, and it's uh, it will wipe out anything that you're fighting. So any kind of virus or infection, you can use this like as if you were taking an antibiotic. It's very intense, but it can be very hard on your stomach. Definitely, if you're taking it internally, have food on your stomach, and you only need a couple drops max. So um, that's something to keep in mind, and were you going to ask about thrush as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, So that, and that was a question that came up actually a lot on our Facebook page was the safety of placing essential oils on mom's nipple when treating thrush in her and her baby. So what, what are kind of the protocols on that?
7: Well, I um, well, there is, so oregano can also be used for thrush. It's pretty much a, uh, a catch-all. I wouldn't recommend a baby internally consuming any oil. It's Even if it's very diluted, I don't think it's necessary. It's not going to cause grave damage if you have essential oils that are residual, that they happen to get in their mouth. But I wouldn't intentionally put essential oils in a baby's mouth. You can put diluted melaleuca, lavender, um you know, whatever oils you have that you're comfortable putting on your baby, heavily diluted, just on the bottom of their feet, and it will take care of the thrush for them. And then you can take it internally yourself, take oregano, um, or you can put melaleuca or any... I mean, basically, it's the same treatment um, that you would use for mastitis because essential oils are, you know, more encompassing than other, altern- or other medications. Um, and... Um, but I would still definitely wipe off any essential oil that you have directly on your nipple before you breastfeed.
1: Even if it's been a couple hours?
7: Um, well no, I mean if it's absorbed but I just wouldn't put a bunch on there and then put a baby's mouth right on it.
1: Okay and essential oils that are great for calming a mom's nerves and surround stressful situations which can sometimes be breastfeeding or just regular old postpartum feelings after your kiddo's been born. What, what are your tips for those?
7: I already mentioned I love Query Calm, and I think um, it pretty much saved me with my last uh, postpartum situation. Um, It's a really great blend for just helping balance um, your hormones and your milk supply and everything hormone-related. But um, I really love a blend that doTERRA sells called Serenity, and the name pretty much explains it. It's a lavender-based. Um, but it is, it's, a, it's a calming blend. It's basically just to help bring everything down a notch and um, then there's another blend that is a frankincense base that is called Balance and it's, it's really great. And I, what I really recommend is if you can smell these oils before you purchase them, it's ideal because you will know when you smell an oil if that's the one for you. If you don't like the way something smells, it's probably not going to go that great with your body chemistry. It's not necessarily bad. It's just if you love the way an oil smells, it probably is going to have the best effect on your body, in my opinion. And that's, I go through waves of loving, balance, serenity, a few other blends that we have, Elevation. um, But one day I love one, one day I love another one. But um, you really can't go wrong. It's just personal preference, really.
1: It's funny. I have um, serenity, and ba- I switch between serenity and balance um, in my office, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like you know, I have a lot of moms come in, and they sit down, and they're like, "Oh, it's so nice and relaxing in here." And I'm like, "I know. I'm like dosing you up on essential oils,
4: to make your baby latch on the
1: way that he needs to." <laughs> it's like my I'm using some witch doctor techniques. <laughs> um, so, so, ladies in this studio, you you've talked about kind of the the usage of essential oils in your house. Um, Um, Do you find that you're, you're staying healthy and that your family's staying healthy and that they're fairly effective if you feel like you've got some stuff that you've been, you know, You've been around, but you're kind of worried that everyone's catching.
2: Tiffany, you're nodding your head. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely uh, attribute us being able to stay healthy. I even got my uh, husband to agree to try my crazy hippie homeopathic remedies this (laughs) last time he got sick. And guess who got better in about two days without any of his normal, you know, Claritin, Mucinex, I mean, you name it, and he's pill popper, and he, um, he did really well, and he was like, okay, that stuff worked. I was like, yay! (laughs) How about you, Sarah?
3: Yeah, um, we, um, haven't been sick. I mean, we did get a little, started to get a hint of something when we went up north over the holidays, um, but within, like, a day and a half, um, we kicked whatever was going on, you know, with just, um frequency versus quantity with essential oils like often versus using them a lot taking a big dose so it's kind
1: of
4: like homeopathy as well small doses frequently Yeah. yeah Okay. How about you, MJ? Yeah, same over here. And actually, my husband responds really well to, and thankfully, he's he's open to our our hippie crunchy ways that we've <laughs> adapted yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, he, he's like an advocate for. Um, we use a lot of homeopathy, but um, I we use a lo- <clears throat> excuse me a lot of oils too. So um, it, it's it's definitely, and and my son too. It's just kind of. A, I, sometimes I forget too to use them, and it's like you know you're uh, you just want your kid to get better, and then you think. About it, and you're like, dang it, why didn't I think of this before? (laughs) So, um, but definitely, and I, I, it's, I don't know, um, you know, what uh, good karma I have, but I have definitely stayed away from any sickness because of that and thankfully because you know you you can't get sick as a mom so um, it, I'm very thankful for that. Sick kids are the
1: saddest things ever. Oh, yeah <laughs> well I think my biggest success story with essential oils not only did I get my husband on board which he would always go for the NyQuil mm-hmm. and the Triaminic and Dimetap literally like <laughs> I mean he should have bought stock in it in college <laughs> so um, and so he's totally into it but I converted his mother my mother-in-law mm. from Brooklyn who back in the day <laughs> this is what they use so uh, she actually asked for me to buy her and her friend um, the digest then and she's like it's magic Aww. so um, so it's so wonderful to see yeah. like m- you know my other family members benefiting from these really healthy remedies um, you know I, I just I love them so um Rachel what, what essential oils do you recommend for treating cold symptoms while breastfeeding it and how do you recommend that they're used
5: um, well, there's, there's a few,
7: and I, well, Ongar has come up a, a handful of times since we've been chatting, and that is just a phenomenal blend. It's known as our protective blend, but it, it includes um, wild orange, clove, cinnamon, eucalyptus, and rosemary, and this blend has been tested quite a bit on um, viruses, bacteria. It actually kills MRSA, H1N1. It can be heavily diluted and it's amazingly effective. Um, we diffuse it in our house every day. And we also mix it up with uh, a few other oils, kind of depending on my mood. But typically, I'll put um, On Guard with, um, you know, like 20 drops of On Guard with one or two drops of oregano because it is very potent, um, some lavender and some eucalyptus and then put half carrier oil. So I use a fractionated coconut oil, which just means it stays liquidy, but you can use olive oil or whatever you have on hand. And um, put that in a little roll-on bottle, and everybody gets that on the bottom of their feet morning and night. And then um, you can use like a blend that we we have called Breathe that has uh, eucalyptus and peppermint in it, and that really helps open up any kind of chest congestion congestion but it does have peppermint in it so just keep that in mind if you're breastfeeding. Um, If you want to avoid peppermint, eucalyptus is really great and um, lemon is wonderful at clearing out any kind of um, wetness so if you have like a wet cough or a lot of congestion in your head. um, If you feel like you're fighting uh, ear infections or uh, sinus infections, melaleuca which is tea tree. I don't know if I explained that before. um, those terms get used interchangeably quite a bit. Um, it's another great anti-infectious oil as well as lavender. And uh, if you are treating an ear infection associated with a virus or colds or anything like that, it's very important to remember not to put any essential oils directly in the ear. They can be put on a cotton ball and set the cotton ball in the ear, or they can be rubbed behind the ear, but never in the ear. Um, and then as well with a Um, sinus infection, you can just put on your temples, your cheeks, your forehead, but you want to be careful not to get them too close to your eyes, especially if you're using, uh, stronger oils like peppermint, it will just make your eyes water like crazy and you'll be able to open them. It won't necessarily cause harm, (laughs) it's just very strong.
1: Okay. Um, yeah and what are your favorite oils for infants um and if we're putting them on the the infants, I assume they're more heavily diluted um but if we're using yeah. them in the air, bottom of the feet, stuff like that what what are your favorite ones
5: um well,
7: diffusing on guard i mean i we diffuse for the whole family, so it's not necessarily different for babies but um topically, I use lavender most common most commonly with um my kids, but it can be very heavily diluted and still very effective um, because they are so pure. Um, I also really like using geranium. It's very floral so not everybody loves geranium but it has really great properties and um, and it's it's another... I mean all essential oils are anti infectious but it is really great and um, I love to do little foot massages with geranium and um, all heavily dilute. Um, some lemon or melaleuca and put it on chest or back if it's something that we're fighting that's, um, you know, we just went through RFC. So I'll use other oils that I wouldn't normally use on a daily basis. Um, Frankincense is another great one that is, it's pretty much an all-encompassing oil because it's very anti-inflammatory and every cold, infection, injury, everything is associated with some kind of inflammation. So Frankincense is one of my default oils if I'm when in doubt use frankincense. Okay,
1: cool. I have a little I have a little colic remedy that I use um, that's heavily diluted um, lavender and wild orange um, that I use for kind of soothing and calming that um, I found in a book that I was using. So, and speaking of books, I um, would love to know kind of where where do you all find your resources for, you know, which essential oils you'd want to use for a particular ailment or where, where are you finding help to kind of to guide you along this process
2: tiffany what do you use um a lot of my mama friends actually um people that have uh gone before me i ask for a lot of advice from friends that i know have been using essential oils for a while and then um as i started learning more and specifically looking into the doTERRA oils they have this great little booklet that's I don't even remember what it's called but it's a fantastic little booklet and it pretty much you look up an ailment and it has recommendations for which oils to use um, and I find that really helpful as well so it's kind of my cheat sheet <laughs> yeah.
3: how about you Sarah um, like maybe the modern essentials book mm-hmm. yeah yes. I, I think that's the one yeah it's like the the bible of, of essential, essential oils, <laughs> oils. Yeah. and they make a smaller one too that mm-hmm. you can carry around that's nice yeah, it's the
2: little small one that I know mm-hmm. I have
3: and um, I, they have an online version that I go to a lot. Um, that's eeoils.me. I'm there. I have it bookmarked on my phone. Cool. I'm there, like, <laughs> m- multiple times a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then I just will find blends, like, I don't know, Pinterest, you know, like that people have, you know, I don't know if they work, but let's try it and see, you know. Okay. Oh, cool. So I didn't even think about Pinterest. I don't know, because I wanted, like... What else can we try? I yeah. don't know. Now I have all these oils, what am I gonna do with
4: them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way sometimes. Um MJ, how about you? I'm the same as Tiffany. I I put down, you know, Facebook groups, all my mama's. Um, <clears throat> my sister, um, she lives in LA but she um she had um, my nephew like fourteen years before I had my son, so she's way ahead. So I'm I'm always looking to her for natural remedies and natural um ways to to do things so she's hip with the oils and homeopathy so definitely lean on the other people in my life who have (laughs) used them before
7: absolutely rachel how about you where are your favorite resources um well a couple of my favorites that have already been mentioned the modern essentials book and um ee.me is uh everything essential dot me and that's a really that is a great resource if you are um you can type in anything and it will not only give you a description. It will give you a variety of suggested protocols, and then there's a discussion panel where people can post their different um, remedies. And you know, because this is something that there there isn't just a uh, hard and fast rule of this is going to work for every single thing. Everybody's body is different, but it's important to have some options. And um, I also read a lot of scientific articles on how essential oils. Um, can be used. My husband is a toxicologist, so he makes me really make sure I know about the scientific end of this. Um, There's a great website called uh, aromaticscience.com, and it's a compilation of journals, medical journals, and um, all different publications that involve essential oils. And there's um, a ton of different books out there that you can read, but um, but I always uh, warn moms against getting caught up in just blog posts about essential oils because they're primarily opinion-based and they can really scare you sometimes um, and give you all kinds of ideas that are not necessarily, you know, remedies for things that maybe shouldn't be used on babies or vice versa. So it's just something to keep in mind when you are doing research to make sure that you're finding um, your information from a reputable source.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, and to our panelists uh, for sharing this amazing Amazing information about the uses of essential oils for not only breastfeeding moms, because I'm not breastfeeding, but, you know, (laughs) but moms in general (laughs) and how to to treat their families.
7: Thank you. Yeah,
1: thank you so much. And and for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show, as Rachel will discuss her favorite essential oils for helping infants and toddlers settle to sleep. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com.
6: Hi Boob Group, my name is Autumn, and I am a pre- and postnatal fitness expert from MyTailoredFitness.com. Did you know that you can safely exercise while breastfeeding without affecting your milk supply? Studies show that even intense exercise does not change the quality or quantity of a mother's milk supply, nor does it affect your baby's weight gain. But you do need to make sure you're eating enough calories and drinking enough water to replace those nutrients you were using during your workout. Studies show if your daily calories drop below 1500, your milk supply can be affected. So make sure to include healthy, nutrient-rich snacks into your daily routine. You will also need additional water to stay hydrated during and after exercise. To make exercise more comfortable, you should buy a supportive sports bra. You may also find it helpful to breastfeed your baby right before you exercise. To learn more about exercising after your baby arrives, check out the blog at MyTailoredFitness.com. We have lots of helpful information for this special time of life. And keep listening to the Boob Group for more breastfeeding tips.
1: That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and Twin Talks, our brand new show for parents and multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
0: New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas.